Hey ladies and gents and welcome to episode 50 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Yes, we made it to 50. We talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I'm joined by Jordan, who you just heard, and Dom. How's it going, Dom? It's going great. And Jordan, anything anything other than the woohoo? 50 episodes. I'm surprised we made it this far, but we did. Uh, nothing special planned. I don't think 50 is a crazy number. I think if we hit 100, if when we hit 100, we'll do something special or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out by then. Uh, anyways... Speaking of what we've been playing, uh, I've been playing more Hollow Knight. I talked about that game a lot last week, so I don't want to get too much into it. I've been playing more through that. Uh, but the thing that's been taking up most of my time, actually, is Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get an early code for it uh, for Xbox One. I've been playing through that. Uh, Jordan, I guess, will share some thoughts, too, here when he talks about what he's been playing. But um, I think the game's fantastic. I want to keep it short because we're going to have a review, and we'll probably have a more in-depth discussion when Jordan and I finish the game. But... Uh, the game's fantastic. The open world is beautiful. It's bigger than I expected. The game's better than I expected. My only issue with it, it's not really an issue for me because I'm not a huge graphics guy, um, is there's some texture pop-in sometimes, but it's not it's not crazy crazy. I, I think that's one of the only major flaws of this game, which is huge. And there will probably be some kind of update, hopefully in the future, that fixes that. But it's pretty much the only glaring issue I've seen outside of some like small minor things, you know preferences for things i really love that you can you guys talked about this with this talked about this with horizon but you can customize your hud uh for the most part and i like that too uh, i like how that trend's starting to pop up more and more in games games great customizable options i think are cool they're not like skyrim level but they're cool and i'm just having a fun time through that game so that's pretty much all that's all that's been taking up my time so i would say the texture pop in is normal for an open world of its size um, but yeah, I've noticed the same thing. Um, loving Ghost Recon Wildlands myself. Uh, really, I played, um, basically once we got off the podcast last week, I just played Horizon all weekend. Um, loving that game. Really fell in love with it. I was even kind of hitting you guys up saying, like, could be my goatee, could even be better than The Witcher. I think I can put that away. It is not better than The Witcher. <laughs> It's very, very close, even though it does a lot of things uh, that I don't like about The Witcher. It does better. Um, there are other places where The Witcher is a lot stronger in its characters, um, in its melee combat. Um, yeah, I could go on, but um, loving Horizon. I'm definitely going to get back to that. But yeah, after last weekend, uh, Ghost Recon came out, and ever since Tuesday, man, I've just been all over this game. Um, I talked with you guys about how I needed something uh, that felt kind of like that Metal Gear Solid Five tactical, you know, that tactical ex- espionage action, or operations as it was called in the last game, um, and this definitely has that feel to it. This definitely feels a lot like uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Actually, um, Jared, you know, you can do the, uh, you can stand, you can crouch, and then you can crawl. Yep. Um, in uh, Horizon, it looks and feels really close. Like, the way the character moves actually feels really close to Snake in MGS5. Um, but you can only crouch and you can't crawl, which I kind of don't like. Um, and so this, I was like, man, I hope you can crawl in this game because it'll feel so much like MGS5. And um, it really does nail that feel. Um, and then there's stuff. We were talking about the sync uh, shots before the game. You and I are both playing it alone. Uh, but you still have a squad of three AI members with you at all times. And um, I really like them. I think they're great. They heal you uh, once per battle when you're down. Um, and then the sync shot, I love this mechanic. It's basically where you can line them up and tell them, all right, you're going to shoot this guy, you're going to shoot that guy, and I'm going to shoot this guy. As soon as I shoot him, you guys shoot your guys. And then you drop them all at once, and it just looks so cool. It's so tactical, so tight. And um, I love that. And that game, the game really does a good job. I was, as I was telling Jared, I think it does a great job of bringing in the tactical side of the Ghost Recon franchise into this specific game. So um, the open world is not nearly as gorgeous, even on the PS4 Pro, as uh, Horizon, but it is still solid. And the texture pop in it, like I said, I think is a, is a normal amount. Um, so. Yeah, I'm not paying attention much to the story. It's it's really just all about the gameplay and then enjoying the open world. Um, and for me, I'm not at the fatigue that a lot of people are at right now. Um, 
with open worlds where they're just tired of them, I think I can still jump into a game like this or Just Cause 3 um, that I'm not super interested um, on the story, but I can really enjoy myself just, uh, you know, crossing stuff off of the list and hitting checkpoints and um, taking over bases and stuff. So, you know, putting on podcasts in the background and just kind of enjoying this game. Um, Also, I want to mention I really love the drone. Uh, Jared, you made a good point that it's not uh, overpowered. You have to upgrade it throughout the game, and by then uh, you'll be at the end of the game where the enemies are harder and stuff anyways, and they have jammers and shit. So I think they do a great job of balancing all the tools that they give you, all the tactical options that they give you, um, and so making it that even from the start of the game you have enough options at your disposal to have a good time and have fun and uh, take out your enemies, but you're not uh, totally overpowered. So totally loving this game. I'll be playing a bunch more of it. And um, to be honest, I might even uh, be spending more time uh, with the division because of this game. Um, and I like the, I like this game more than the division, uh, but they're obviously very similar. And so I'll probably be going back to the division just because of this. Awesome. Uh, I want to ask Dom what he's been playing, but I'm pretty sure the answer is uh, Breath of the Wild. Wild guess there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of a, of a, a, a joke in time. Anyway, uh, so I'll point out, I did play uh, a couple more hours of Horizon <clears throat> like two, two days ago. It was actually interesting. So sitting on the couch playing Zelda on the Switch, uh, you know, on the Switch, handheld, just in front of me. Not on the TV, just, I'm going to throw that out there. Um, and noticed the TV was off. Emily was just sitting on her laptop playing The Sims. And I thought, shit, you know what? I, I have to stop. And I have to turn Horizon back on. Because it's, you know, it, it had been almost a half a week or so since I stopped playing. You know, since Zelda came out, right? <clears throat> and I just completely ignored Horizon. So I just forced myself to get back into it. Not, regret- not regrettably so. Uh, that game is, just like Jordan was saying, it's fantastic. But. Yeah, other than that, I, I have to have had put in, I think, 20 hours into Breath of the Wild so far in, uh, what, six days? Five, yeah, five and a half days. Yeah, which is absurd uh, given my schedule. <clears throat> so, I mean, that just tells you not not only a bit about the game itself, but, you know, the, the Switch is portable. So that's kind of – it kind of plays into how good the game is in a way because I can – you know, it's accessible in so many different – Places that, it, you know, Horizon, frankly, isn't. Uh, Horizon is also photorealistic, and Zelda is not that. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> really quickly, I, I, I don't want to get too deep into Zelda, because we're going to, next week, I'm going to do a whole topic about it. But I will leave you guys with one quick analogy <clears throat> on what Zelda is. So Zelda is, Breath of the Wild is, The Witcher 3 met Dark Souls, and they fucked and had a child. And then Far Cry met uh we'll say you know let's call that kid nails because that kid would be (laughs) tough as fucking nails yep so you got nails on one side on the other side far cry met nino cooney and they had a kid and And we're gonna name that kid noni cooney (laughs) yep and then nails and noni cooney those two kids they met and they fucked and they had a kid and then that kid called nailsy cooney (laughs) and then that kid spent his whole life Studying and playing and and enjoying every uh, oh, Legend of Zelda game that's ever been created. And then, and then grew up to be an adult and did his own crazy innovative things. And now he is Breath of the Wild. That's all I'm gonna say. I was so, expecting an analogy, not a road trip. <laughs> oh, that, that was a trip. I know. That was an adventure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it sounds great. Like. I, I'm excited to play that game. I'm going to get a Switch this fall for sure, and that's really a game. That and Super Mario Odyssey are the two games I'm looking forward to the most. And I've seen people play it. I still don't want to, like, get spoilers, though I don't know how how much I care about Zelda spoilers, to be honest with you. But it's still – if I can avoid them, I'll avoid them, you know. But if it happens, it happens. There, there are things that that can surprise you that won't if you know about them. You know, little things, little gameplay things, one of which I won't – I'm not even going to say it. Um, cause I wish it wasn't spoiled for me, so I'm not going to spoil it for you. You'll probably end up hearing about it anyway, but I'm sure, I think in like every preview, uh, you know, there's the, they show this the surfboarding or surfboarding snowboarding on the shield or whatever. Like, I kind of wish I didn't know that. Um, 
And then also when it rains, you know, you can't climb as well. I, do, I wish I hadn't known that either, but like every preview I saw, you know, kind of spoiled that. And then there's one other thing that IGN's review actually spoiled for me. I'm kind of upset about it. So I think you guys are... I think I'm going to start adopting your guys' policy of media blackout before games I'm really hyped on. You know, games that I'm going to buy anyway, so I don't need to watch all this shit. The thing that sucks is, like, so IGN got the exclusive rights to first on IGN for Mass Effect Andromeda, and they're posting all this stuff. I have not clicked on a single one of those, because it's cool that they're getting those. But, like, you're telling me you're going to show the first 13 minutes of the game? If you, if I got spoiled on the first 13 minutes of Mass Effect 2, Jordan's played that, like, that would have sucked so bad, you know? And so I didn't even touch that. They they uh they got to show all of uh uh the new Asari girl. I forgot her name. Uh, her uh her loyalty mission. The whole loyalty mission. I'm like I'm not gonna watch that. It's cool that they got the exclusive and everything. And for people that don't watch it, but like I love Mass Effect. I'm not just gonna sit there and watch this stuff. That's gonna, just gonna spoil everything. Like, so uh, who is watching that? Because if people you're who probably aren't game, gonna buy the game, people who are yeah, like, yeah. But like, it's my thought is that if you're getting the game, you don't want to be spoiled on that. But if you're not getting the game, you don't give a shit enough about that stuff to watch the video in the first place. But I don't know. It's also people who pro- who couldn't uh, can't afford the game maybe, and they're just like, well, I want to. It's the let's play community kind of the people that love watching other people play stuff. So that makes sense. Or some people just like knowing everything before they go in for some reason there's people like that um yeah so that's pretty much it for everything we've been playing a nice uh open world uh menage a trois between horizon zero dawn uh ghost recon wildlands and zelda as far as the news goes we have some telltale news and unfortunately it's not episode three of the walking dead uh, a new frontier yeah. um which it God should forbid. be it's about time yeah th- that thing either needs to come out before Mass Effect or a little way after, and I really hope it's before. But anyways, Didn't the first they say video, March? Uh, yeah, it's for March, so I really hope it hits before Mass Effect. I really hope so. When uh, when they talked about, yo, we're doing two episodes at once, I was like, oh, God. You guys are not that quick, you know? You're not that fast putting them out. Um, so the first bit of news here comes by comingsoon.net. First images from Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy. First images from Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy have revealed uh, themselves online via Marvel Entertainment and Telltale Games social media accounts. The first of five episodes of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale series will premiere digitally in 2017 on consoles, PC, and mobile devices. The article goes on to talk about what the game's expected to be. I just wanted to bring this up because it's cool to see the first screenshots. Uh, One interesting thing, this is definitely a centered around... It's probably not going to be involved in the movies at all, but if you're going timeline-wise... This is definitely skews towards the first movie, not the second one, considering that Groot in the pictures is not Baby Groot, and it's pretty much the original crew. You know, it's Gamora, it's uh, Star Lord, Drax, Rocket Raccoon, and Groot. There's no uh, Mantis, I believe her name is, or anybody like that. So this is definitely skewing towards the first movie, or uh, it's probably going to be a side story that's going to be involved in anything happening in the actual movies. But um, I think it looks good. Uh, you said, uh, Jordan, it's weird that Telltale has this weird fascination with making everything shiny, which I think all of them look fine, except for Drax. I think Drax looks way too matte. Like, looking at all of them in these photos, I think all of them, the shiniest is okay. It works fine with, like, the metals or other stuff. But, like, Drax looks kind of off. Um, it looks, like, way too matte smooth. But uh, I'm excited for this game. Uh, Dom, you brought up a comment before we started that this looks like they're like at least better than Batman and I think it is their best looking game so far from a screenshot aspect yeah it's just screenshots yeah. so grain of salt but yeah promising uh yeah and this is probably going to be in their newer engine that they that they've been uh working on uh and my biggest thing is like this game looks cool I really hope that you guys have a game that runs properly um because <laughs> we've talked about in the past that for some reason Telltale Games uh have a really bad uh <laughs> technical uh, problem with with people and it sucks because you guys shouldn't have to deal with that um but yeah i think this looks cool are you guys excited for guardians of the galaxy well i know you aren't dumb because you haven't even seen the movies but yeah yeah i mean i'll say i am because I, I love the team and i think um it's really cool that they're becoming such a big thing in um just marvel in general and you know pop culture and um i think they're you know lovable underdogs so i'm glad to see them um, I'm glad to see him getting this game, but of course I'm super excited about what IDOS Montreal's doing, uh, making their own Guardians game. So, um, 
yeah, but this should be cool. And um, I was a little surprised um, when this was first announced because, you know, you can obviously see where you could do a Batman Telltale game. There's plenty of storytelling beats to be had with Batman, but, um, you know, Guardians are a little bit more uh, like a fun romp action um, good old time. So um, we'll see how they do, you know, kind of telling a story with a an engine where you can't do a whole lot of it's you know it's just not a third person action adventure game so yeah but remember that they also nailed the borderlands game because borderlands is known for being you know heavy action and comedy and that's kind of what guardians is and to a lot of people they nailed board that borderlands uh telltale game so yeah i'm sure they'll nail it and and they nailed the action in batman so i'm sure it'll be fun but yeah yeah i'm excited sorry are you guys uh, anticipating playing as each of the characters, or do you think they'll just do like a, a solo, a single character no. you play as? No, it won't be Star no, Lord. It'll be each of the character. characters. Yeah, they all have their own individual personalities, and they'll have their own tasks to do and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you'll play as at, at least four of the characters. I don't know if you'll play as Drax, but you'll definitely have time with each of them. I almost guarantee. Uh, I like that they're making. This is kind of like one of the cool things with Marvel being so successful in what they're doing is this ragtag group of heroes that no one's ever heard of or cared about. They're coming to the forefront and they're like one of the biggest things in, in, in superhero kind of pop culture right now is the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is cool, you know, because you have your mainstays like Batman and Superman and stuff like that. But like it's cool that Marvel's committing so much effort into making Guardians of the Galaxy a thing and they're doing it right, which is really cool. Um, so I'm super excited for this as well. Uh, I want to get my Walking Dead done first before I even think about Guardians of the Galaxy, though. Um, the second uh, the second bit of news here comes by way of express.co.uk. Nintendo Switch sales smash expectations, putting Switch price and game fears to rest. The Nintendo Switch sales have already proven to have some of the best the Japanese games giant has ever seen in the Americas. And now more good news has arrived. Well, there are fears raised by investors regarding the higher-than-expected Nintendo Switch price and small Nintendo Switch games list, it appears that initial sales have not been affected. It's now been confirmed that in North America and Europe, in its first two days on sale, the Nintendo Switch surpassed the Wii. And that's not just the United States, it also includes Canada, Mexico, Latin America, and Australia. According to the New York Times, America, uh, American Nintendo President Reggie fils has revealed that the Nintendo Switch Friday and Saturday sales exceeded first two-day sales in the Americas for any system in Nintendo history. The Nintendo UK has also confirmed that the Switch has sold more units in its launch weekend than the Wii. There was also the added information Zelda Breath of the Wild is now the biggest selling Nintendo launch title in Europe. Which isn't surprising. Um, I think these sales numbers are great. Uh, obviously, this doesn't mean that, you know, Nintendo Switch is going to sell Wii numbers. It's a launch. And we saw with Wii U that a launch can be good and then it can die out, right? But I do think this is promising. Uh, one of the big conversations is if Nintendo Switch will succeed or not because console sales for Nintendo have gone down every time one's released with the anomaly being the Wii. I think the the problem with that argument is people are talking about it as if it's a console, though it is a, a mobile console hybrid. I think this is a handheld. I think the market sees it as a handheld. I think when we look at it, we see it as a handheld first that can also be played on the television. Am I wrong with that assessment? No, and and we'll get into it with my topic a little later. But I, long story short, you're absolutely right. Yeah, like, and their handhelds sell very well. You know, people make jokes about the 3DS vast library and all these things, but it sold 60 plus million units. Like, their handhelds sell. I've owned every Nintendo handheld except for the DS Lite. Uh, I love Nintendo's handhelds, and that's why I'm super excited for the Switch because it is a handheld that's also a console, you know? And I think that people are going to be surprised at how well this sells as a handheld. And I think Nintendo's doing the smart thing of letting the market decide how they're going to see this thing. And once they see people gravitate more towards this being a handheld, I think they'll lend that more towards their marketing strategies. Uh, we kind of already see that. You In a lot of the, the Switch trailers, it's always in handheld mode or in portable. You There's glimpses of it on a television, but that's not the mainstay, you know? They don't focus on the television. So I'm excited by this. Um, Jordan, what do you think about these sales numbers? Are they surprising? Should people be excited? Should people, like, you know, wait and see what happens? I think they're just solid. Obviously, they're not uh, bad at any stretch, but... Um... I think they're definitely solid. I think, um, you know, it's it, it's going to be telling in June and July when um, it seems like there aren't going to be any games out. Um, it's going to be telling to see how it does around those times. 
because um, of course it's going to sell this fall with Mario, and of course it's going to sell more at launch. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I'm more concerned with some of the uh, technical issues that I've seen online. Um, it seems like the build quality of the system isn't super great, um, which is actually pretty uncharacteristic for Nintendo. They usually make uh, really solid hardware, even if it isn't technically super solid. Um, so I'm a little worried about that, um, especially for all those kiddos out there wanting to play their Marios and such. Um, but yeah, definitely promising uh, for the future. You know, and Nintendo needed uh, a little pick-me-up, and this this seems good. I mean, it's a it's a good sign. I mean, it's a good sign, I suppose. I'm like I'm probably more even skeptical of this than you guys are. It's like, yeah, that's you scored the first touchdown in the game. You know, a whole lot more game left and things you have to do before you win, as the Atlanta Falcons taught us. Yeah, sports analogies. Uh, at least this one wasn't a road trip down. <laughs> Go team! Uh, so the next bit of news is kind of twofold. Uh, March 8th, we had the official gameplay reveal for Shadow of War. We talked about last week it being revealed to everybody and there being the reveal trailer. Jordan and I are super excited for it. And uh, this is a two-part story. The first part being that the gameplay uh, reveal was awesome. It unveiled that the Nemesis system is awesome. It's new. It's updated. And they added an ally system to it. So not only are, uh, does the Nemesis system work for... Uh, your nemesi in the game, uh, the bad guys, you know, the, the revenge stories, the plot lines, all of that kind of stuff. You also, you also, in this game, there's the mechanic of building an army around you with orcs and goblins and trolls and stuff like that. And their experiences with you actually lend themselves towards a nemesis system. So you can build bonds with these people. And I think that's brilliant. I think it's a really smart way of evolving the technology. Um, the second bit of news here, I want to talk more about the, the ally ne nemesis system with you guys. But the other bit of news here, Xbox is a marketing partner for uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War, Dev Talks Project Scorpio. It's pretty much there. I don't have to get too much into it, but Aaron Greenberg, WB, and Monolith have announced that Xbox is going to be the marketing partner. So whenever you see a sh uh, Shadow of War you know, commercial or trailer, it's going to have Xbox at the end, which I think is huge. It helps uh, Xbox, especially with the launch of Project Scorpio this fall. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful game. I'm pretty sure the people at Monolith and WB don't mind having their game uh, shown off with Xbox, right? So I think that's huge. Um, I just want to talk to you guys about the, both the gameplay reveal, if you saw it, and what this means for Xbox and Shadow of War. So you guys can say whatever you want. Uh, I saw the gameplay reveal. I thought it was great. Um, good, solid 15 minutes of um, riveting gameplay. And I think um, it seems like that with this game they're taking a um, smaller step. Um, you know, not a giant leap. Um, it's not going to just totally evolve the franchise I, I don't think I think it's just gonna push it forward and uh, help it progress in the proper way I think it's gonna make a more improved game than uh, Shadow of Mordor because it was a great game but it, it was not um, an incredible game or breathtaking in any sort of um, way it was it, it had its flaws and so I think they're gonna be fine-tuning that um, but I am super excited to see them uh, bringing over the Nemesis system to the Allies. I think you know we're going to see a lot of uh, big-scale battles, which is obviously what they were trying to show us yesterday with uh, taking over this giant base. Um, and you know you had the Draken, the dragon uh, fight, and um, giant trolls and such. And so um, I think the scale that they're bringing to this sequel is a lot bigger than Shadow of Mordor. Um, so, like I said, it doesn't seem like a quantum leap in the franchise, but um, it absolutely seems like they're headed in the right direction and they're just going to make, you know, be fine-tuning and making everything better. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Dom, do you have I anything mean, about this? I, I, I didn't even watch the gameplay, but, Jordan, you're not exactly selling me on it. Um, well, it's, I was kind of hoping for I something... Think, like oh it's like, a whole new setting and it, there's all there's so much more going well, on. One of the things in the gameplay trailer that Jordan uh, didn't mention is that they made it a point in the trailer to say there's all of these different environments. They made that a point in the trailer that there's all of these regions that are going to be. different. So I need to watch it. Yeah. Well, oh, they don't definitely. show and the I different think... regions, but they speak about oh, okay. it and stuff. But the gameplay and the improvements of like your interactions with enemies and stuff, it is all of those systems in the first game 
polished to another level. Like you should really take the time to watch the gameplay trailer because it is it is a leap forward for that tech. Like Jordan said, it's not like a grandiose upscale upgrade or anything that like that, but it is a solid improvement on what the first game was. Definitely. I'll give it a look, yeah. Plus, I don't think, you know, I think if, if someone had played the first game but hadn't seen this gameplay trailer, I think my explanation will probably have them more excited because they already know how good, how great the first game is, but you're not super into the first one. So this stuff, yeah, to be honest, like, since they're just, like, tightening stuff up that was already there, it might not catch you if you didn't enjoy the first one really well. Yeah. It's not as much uh, of a diversion, of course, than from the first one to justify any different thoughts for the most part. I, I kind of see where you're coming from there. Um, yeah, so that's it for the news. Uh, the first topic, uh, I was going to do this last week, but we ended up talking about Game Pass because it was a pretty huge announcement. Uh, video games for the month of March, uh, a lot of them. Uh, we had the launch of a new console this month, so there's a lot of games there. I'm, I might be missing a couple, but I, I'm trying to include everything. We don't have a to go lot. deep into them. Uh, so we'll start off the Nintendo Switch launched March 3rd. Uh, huge. Obviously, we've talked about that. Uh, I am Setsuna launched with the console. Uh, obviously, it came out before, but it launched on that platform. Snipper Clips came out, which is probably the second ga- uh, second best game on the Switch currently. You could possibly make a case for uh, Spectre Knight, the DLC for Shovel Knight, but everyone's loving Snipper Clips. Uh, One Two Switch, the packing game that's not a packing game. Everyone knows about that game by now. <laughs> milking the cow and eating sandwiches. Um, the the killer app right now, or the only app for uh, Nintendo Switch, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, also March 3rd. All of those came out, uh, including Super Bomberman R, which is getting mad reviews, but it seems like if you like Bomberman, it's enough of a Bomberman game to um, want you to buy it and play it and stuff like that. It's not great, but it is solid for people who love Bomberman. Uh, Just Dance also came out, if you're interested in that. Um, then, uh, on the 7th, we had Lego Worlds. Uh, this was actually going to be uh, supposed to be coming out in February. It got delayed, uh, so now it's coming. Uh, it came out obviously a couple of days ago from recording. Lego Worlds, we've talked about that. Uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, uh, Jordan and I have both been playing that. We talked about that as well. Very solid game. A game that I don't think is getting enough attention, but because it's crammed in with all these other games that have come out, it's just fallen to the wayside. Uh, Near Automata. Yeah, lots, uh, lots of games. Yeah, like that. This uh, For Honor and stuff like that. Games are just getting crushed under the weight. Yeah. Of these giant releases. So Nier Automata seems really cool, but it's it's funny because I think a lot of people probably plan this to be a uh, you know a time in which they can get their game out, their small indie game, or just not even indie, but their smaller games, and then they realize the flood of games. You know, it's harder to find areas in which you can strike when the iron's hot. So um, I'm telling you, man, it's that June, July. Nobody's taking that shit, and it's just ripe. Yep, I agree. Uh, next up, we have Death Squared. This is this really cool indie game from an Australian developer. It's a co-optional game. If you love Overcooked, you'll love this. Each person controls a box, and you have to work together to uh, solve these puzzles. So if you want to put your marriage or your relationship on the line, definitely look at that game. Uh, that comes out March 13th and the 14th. Uh, March 18th, uh, Tekken 7. Uh, this is huge. People love Tekken, so... Uh, they recently announced uh, Eddie Gordo, who's one of my favorites. I used to play Tekken all the time as a kid. Um, that's coming out, available everywhere, obviously. Uh, March 21st, the biggest release of the month uh, outside of probably Switch and Breath of the uh, Wild. Easy. Uh, the biggest of the year. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, this is coming out. Uh, I'm excited for it. I've talked to Nauseam about how much I love Mass Effect. Jordan is has gone into the series recently, so he's stoked for it as well. And Nob's probably looking talk. forward to it too, but I know you're getting it launch, right, Dom? Because you already have Horizon and Zelda, so it's like another thing on your plate. See, I mean, that's the thing is, normally, if you would have told me, oh, a, a new, brand new Mass Effect game is coming out in March, I'd think, well, of course I'm going to buy that day one. But it happens to be three weeks after Horizon and Zelda just came out, so really, I, I have to wait on it. I have, I would not have the time for it right now well, you're, as much as I want to. You're the only one out of us three that hits the Venn diagram of all three of those games. Jordan doesn't own a Switch. You know, so he only hits two of those things. Good point. I I, yeah. I don't own a PS4 or a Switch, so I only hit one of those things. Um, it's just the way it worked out for me. Yeah. It's just not going to happen right now. <laughs> um, got that pre-order locked in. Got that auto-download switched on. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, another uh, exclusive that people tend to forget about for PlayStation comes out March 28th. MLB The Show 17. Uh, baseball fans love that game. And, uh, you know... Because it's, it's the only one. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Sony San Diego holding it down. Uh, this game, the next game on the list was originally unveiled at the Switch presentation. It's actually on all the other consoles as well. 
uh, has been Heroes. It looks really interesting. It's this turn-based combat game. I'm actually interested in picking it up, depending on the price point there. It, um, with me playing Fire Emblem Heroes so much, I'm itching for you know some type of turn-based strategy or something like that to play. So I might look into it. I'm not too sure. I have a couple of other non-new release games that I'll mention because Jordan uh, basically burned me at the stake last time. I didn't include stuff like this, so <laughs> wait till the end for those. Uh, Snake Pass comes out March 29th. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this game. It's kind of been a buzz game around the industry recently. You play as a, a snake. It's called Snake Pass. It's a it's a 3D platformer puzzle game. Uh, it kind of has the same aesthetic as Ukulele, so if you're familiar with that. And the way this game came about was really interesting because... Uh, I don't remember the specific names, uh, but this guy got hired to a company to just mess around in Unity. And he was working on realistic rope physics, and he realized uh, people were telling him, like, oh, your rope physics kind of look like a snake. So he turned it into a snake. He started creating this game around it. His first prototype, people told him that the snake was, like, way too scary looking, like, way too realistic. So he toned it down, made it cartoony, and it started vibing with people. So now this game, Snake Pass, that's coming out March 29th on uh, all the platforms, uh, depends on what the price point's going to be. I think it could be huge. Uh, it looks like a really fun time. Uh, it's going to definitely hit that family market, which is great. Uh, and the snake physics are really good. The way you move, uh, they say at the beginning it feels unnatural, but you actually have to move like a snake to move that game, like left to right subtly. Like you can't just push forward. So it's really cool. A lot of the puzzles in it that we've seen are really interesting, having to use the snake physics, because uh, that's the thing now in 2017 for Ooh, video games. Ooh, them snake physics. Them snake physics. The last two things, these are definitely Jordan and Dom go-tos. These are not full retail <laughs> releases of games, but these are things that people are going to be excited for. First off, March 28th, we're getting Dark Souls 3, The Ringed City. This is the last piece of DLC for Dark Souls 3. Uh, this is the farewell to the franchise for the time being from From. Um, Don't talk like that. <laughs> hey, it's facts. I'm just speaking facts. Hey, don't worry. They're making Bloodborne too. Uh, uh, people, I think, were very indifferent on the first piece of DLC for Dark Souls 3. And because this is the last piece of DLC that we know about, I think that From is going to uh, probably put something together that's really awesome and really cool. And the, the teasers that we're getting for it look really awesome. So people who are into Dark Souls are pre uh, probably excited for that. And the other thing that's coming out, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, this is awesome. I wish this was an Xbox One because this is great for people wanting to get Kingdom Hearts 3. It would have been awesome, but... So, here, let, let me... Jordan, you'll be happy to answer this question. I played the first Kingdom Hearts long ago. Loved it. Like, loved it, loved it. You know what I mean? Um, didn't... <laughs> Actually, and then I played the Game Boy Advance one, and that was really good, too, with the cards. That was surprisingly good actually haven't played one since um so this collection comes with if i'm understanding correctly the first game the second game and anything else so it comes with uh kingdom Hearts one and two and then it comes with birth by sleep which is a prequel to the entire series and then it comes with um the cutscenes for uh chain of memories which is the the advanced game that you played um, but they put it on PS2, and now that they've remastered the cutscenes from that, um, and then it also has uh, the cutscenes from 358 over two days, and it also has the cutscenes from Recoded, which was a DS uh, DS port of a mobile game back when, like before iPhones, when it was like you know like fucked up mobile games like. Playing on frankly, on frankly, I was hoping phone. you would just say it's the first and second games, and that's it, and I could just grab no. it and then just play it and be Dumb. happy. And if you're trying to get into Kingdom Hearts, there's no like you can't just stick you can't half-ass. You're either all or nothing. Yeah, and that, not only that, you'd have to buy. What you'd have to do is buy this uh, 1.5, 2.5 uh, collection, and then you'd also need uh, 2.8, which came out yeah. at the end of January. See, frankly, that's just not going to happen. I'm just see, that's yeah, that's that's what I was trying to say. Now, see, Jared, I'm glad you mentioned this because it's you know probably the hottest release of the year. I'm so excited that <laughs> these games are finally going to be on PS4. It does suck that you're not getting it on Xbox One. I'm still not convinced that you're going to see Kingdom Hearts three on Xbox One. You might. If you do, I'm happy, but, um, you know, if you're trying to go through the entire uh, Kingdom Hearts saga 
uh, and prepare for Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, PlayStation is obviously the place to be. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited about this. I've played, um, you know, all of these games before in some way or another, and uh, really can't wait to replay them. I'm hoping that they give us a subtitle option, which they didn't um, on PS3 for these collections. Um, which you're like, why does that matter, Jordan? Shut the fuck up. But it really matters when you're playing these 40-hour RPGs and you can't turn subtitles off. And there's like six of them in this collection. So so the reason I asked, I just saw a commercial for this Beauty and the Beast movie <clears throat> that's coming out. And it reminded me how cool that, that level was in the first game uh, for Beauty and the Beast. And it just got me thinking like, wow, I forgot how much I loved Kingdom Hearts. And I, it's just too much of a, a, a hurdle to do all that. I was thinking... I don't know, maybe I end up just jumping straight into 3 when it comes out and just uh, trying to find some YouTube video summarizing all the story up till then, if that's even possible. Yeah, I mean, just, it's... There's, there's no way I'm there's buying a lot all that and playing all those. I just... Eh, it's just not going to happen. There's a lot of lore, and it's a lot of lore that isn't just the Disney lore. It's Kingdom Hearts' own right. personal lore. So um, I love it, and I think a lot of other people love it. That's why people get so into it on the internet. But yeah, um, unless you're trying to go through about you know like eight games uh in the next year or so then this is probably more for people like me who just want to replay all the games before uh three comes out because that's the thing is um even people that have played the series every game as it's come out all of us like super fans of kingdom hearts still need this uh collection because there's been so many random releases over the years on different consoles we need it all in one place plus you know, it's been like 15 years since Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, so it's like we, we even the biggest fans, need to replay these games. So that's why I'm glad to have it. But, oh, I wanted to say, Jared, I wouldn't have burned you if you had skipped this one because this one is actually just a re-release of all old games. The other one was but a 2. new 8 game. Yeah. Had, 2.8 had uh, 0.2 Birth by Sleep, which is brand new. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, March was a huge month as far as video games go. One of the biggest things with the month of March was the release of Nintendo Switch, a brand new console. Dom, you spent a week with it, so give us your impressions. Switch. Switch. So, where should I start? Um, okay, the point you brought up earlier, Jared, and a lot of people seem to be under the impression that Nintendo is marketing this as a console first and then a handheld. I'm not seeing that marketing myself, but... Maybe I'm just blind to it and I'm not seeing the same commercials. I don't know because all I'm seeing from them is this is a handheld. And that's the first point that I, I can't hit hard enough is like this is a handheld. It's like brought it over. All right. So we can get a good view. Literally, you haven't got any scratches from the dock, have you? I'm going to get to that. Um, but it's 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 a tablet. Like it's a small tablet. It's It's thicker than most, but it's – literally a tablet not that much bigger than my phone so i think what really is going to do it for a lot of people is there's some videos uh ign did you know comparing it to the size of other consoles and when it's sitting on top of a, a ps4 or xbox one it's like tiny right um and i think people need to see that so they're not sitting here like why doesn't it at least have a one terabyte hard drive and why can't the battery last 10 hours where's like, the 4k dom that's what I exactly <laughs> i mean just it's you, if you just look at it and see how small the damn thing is, like, then you realize, okay, I see why they had to make some sacrifices in order to make it so portable. And that's that's the point. And that's why I can't stress enough that it's a handheld first that just happens to be able to plug in to your TV. And it does so in a really streamlined way. Um, so, for example, I could I could very much plug my laptop into my TV. And that doesn't make it, you know, a home console all of a sudden. It's, it's still a laptop, a portable machine first, right? And it, not as you know, that's obviously not nearly as streamlined as plugging the switch into the dock to get it on the TV is, um, but you get my point. Um, so jumping off that, um, overall, I'll just lay out there first that it's it's fantastic, but it does have a few shortcomings. Uh, but it's still fantastic despite those. So the first, and this is a huge issue, uh, as Jordan alluded to, apparently everyone's docks scratch the screen when you slide it in and out, which is so fundamentally broken completely it's the unacceptable main... well it's... nintendo seems to jump on this because uh they're uh they remove the dock to be able to be purchased right. from the actual site so 
despite all the one, all the obviously all the Nintendo Switches that are already produced, it seems like they're going back and having to, you know, work on this. So, which is good. Yeah, they they jumped on it really quickly. I, I did see that, <clears throat> but it's it just seems like such a weird oversight. fundamental thing. Seems like an oversight. Right, like that's the core function of this is to put it in and out of the dock. That's what all your commercials show over and over is just in and out of the dock. Like, how do you screw that up? How... So, luckily, I read about that uh, before using it too much, and I, I did test it in the dock once uh, just to see how it works on TV, and it's it is just as seamless as they make it seem. Like, that's no gimmick. Like, it literally does just pop right off. It's on your screen just like that. And uh, but since then, I'm not using the dock until my glass screen protectors get mailed to me. <laughs> so. And that's fine because, I mean, it, it's not. It's fine for me. It's not fine in general um, because I've pretty much been playing Zelda portably anyway because um, that's just how that game and how, how it fits in for my lifestyle, I guess, right now. So it's not a huge deal for me right now. Uh, once I get Mario Kart and some other things, I'm going to want to use it on the TV. Um, Dom, so that's I've a huge the, issue. I've heard the kickstand is shitty. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, it's this flimsy little thing, and it's – the bigger problem isn't so much that it's flimsy, but it doesn't go back far enough, if that makes sense. So you kind of got to be level with it. So if you're a really tall person, it's pretty much not going to do shit for you because you're going to have to bend your neck over so far. <laughs> yeah. It's not adjustable in any way, and that's kind of a bummer. And then it, it's also kind of flimsy, but I, not a huge. That's not a huge one for me either. I don't know but. if you're going to get into this, but I have a question. I heard that the like the UI and everything isn't as quirky as Nintendo's UI usually is for. For their systems, it's a lot more like seamless and, I guess, professional looking. That's a weird way to put it. Super but. clean. It's just right to the point. It it reminds me a lot. I mean, actually, in the most literal way, it's a lot like PS4, where you have squares, <clears throat> you know, a main bar of squares going across the screen and tiles. Yeah, that's a better word. Um, yeah, super simple, super nice. It does. Uh, it gives you some go- goofy noises when you click on stuff. Oh, that's good. I like trying, that. But, yeah, I like that. That's still Nintendo, yeah. so that's good. They they didn't totally abandon their own their own charm I guess uh, so uh, the dock thing that's an issue uh, and it's just completely inexcusable and at least they're jumping on that quickly uh, so there were apparently a handful of people absolutely that absolutely unacceptable yeah Harry um, but at least on that issue they jumped on it and it seems like they're fixing it uh, they're getting new docks out there that's good. A bigger issue is apparently, and like uh, any kind of LCD screen, sometimes you know you get dead pixels. And this didn't happen to me, but apparently there's a, a chunk of people out there who got their brand new Switch units and you know have some noticeable dead pixels. And we're kind of told by Nintendo, well, that just happens sometimes, which is true, but they're not going to help you out. Apparently, that's not covered under the warranty or something completely Once obnoxious. Once again, absolutely unacceptable. And and that one is is worse than than the dock to me because the yeah the dock is just someone screwed up. This is them being like intentionally assholes. That's just yeah. how it comes dead, across. Dead pixels do happen on malfunctioning screens, which is right. the problem like, there. They're yeah. saying that it's not malfunctioning and <laughs> right. that they're not going to replace it, but that's exactly what it's doing, and it absolutely needs to be replaced. I mean, that's the kind of thing where I. Wouldn't be surprised if they catch a lawsuit soon on something like that, if there's enough people. Um, maybe it's overblown and it's only a couple people, or maybe it's just one, you know, one rep from Nintendo who went on, who said that and shouldn't have. Who knows? But no, it's it on their website. Bad. It's on their website. On so their, it's, on their uh, FAQ. Oh, man. So that's officially their stance on it. That's, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. No. Um, <laughs> so the only, I think the only other thing I want to point out Okay, well, a big thing, the battery life is really good. So playing, I think, yeah, I mean, so every time I play portably, I mean, it, it three hours is kind of like where it, where I have to plug it back in um, when playing Zelda. Um, and considering, like, the scope of that game and everything that's going on, I'm, like, happy with it. And I I never pl- have played it, have, you know, had the opportunity to play more than three hours at a time portably. So I... I it, that's not really been a, a limiting factor for me. So, but is it at like, uh, is it fully drained battery after three hours? Yeah, that's like, well, you got to plug it back in, or you're not going to play anymore. The so the bigger, are you bigger, at like medium brightness? You know, I'm not even sure. I've not messed with the brightness, but that's so whatever the default brightness is, and with like the Wi-Fi on and stuff. So, I yeah, you could probably make it a little bit better if you turn off you know you know bluetooth and wi-fi and turn the brightness down i guess 
but to that point the what i'm more concerned with is how the battery degrades over time you know kind of like after a year your phone battery just isn't the same as it used to be that's my biggest concern obviously that remains to be seen how that's going to perform but i haven't i've never had that issue with my 3ds and obviously the 3ds is not as powerful as this so it can't be a perfect one-to-one comparison but it seems like Nintendo's been pretty good about that, but we'll see. Well, I have a quick question for you, too. So, regard, going back to the UI and the systems, uh, with the DS, I love the DS, but how how does connecting to Wi-Fi, like, how quick is that transition? Because for DS, uh, 3DS, it takes a long time, like, it slow loads, right, between screens. And also, how is the eShop? Have you looked at that at all? Is it, like, does it run smoothly and stuff like that? Uh, so, I'll start with the eShop. I mean, it runs really smoothly. There's five damn games in there, so it's one screen. Not much to load. But is it is it <laughs> yeah. like the interface is does it all is it all uniform to like the home menu too? Is it that clean that clean look? Yeah, it's got that same look, but like I'm not even gonna say like if it's organized well or if it's because there's nothing annoying, organized. Like, yeah, it's literally like games and you know in a tab, and then there's like fucking five of them, and that's it. Yeah. So I don't I can't really uh, say much about it. What about the updates? I'm assuming you had like a software update or, or hardware update, right, when you first st- booted it up? Yeah. I think... Uh, was that quick? Yeah, I think it took, I don't know, maybe ten minutes. Okay. But I, I was uh, I was occupied with something so else while it was going on. So with I, the download, does it have like a progress bar? Because the way Nintendo handled like downloads for like the 3DS was like the presence for games dropping into the thing. Like, was it just a bar like you're at 80% or whatever? Yeah, okay. yeah, it was a bar, and I didn't try, but apparently you can still play while it was doing that update. Hmm. But I, I didn't even try, so I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, last um, question for me. Uh, so on, I don't know if you can do this on PlayStation. I think you can because it's one of the features of the next gen for Xbox PlayStation. Can you pop like if you're playing Zelda? Can you pop out to the main menu and then dive back, right back in, just like you can for like 3DS and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. fine. Okay, there's no problems there. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's at least modern. Um. I mean, I think you could do that with uh, Wii U. Yeah, you can do it with 3DS too. I was just making sure it was still in. <laughs> with yeah. Nintendo, you never they didn't know. Screw that up. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure yeah. it's still a feature. Um, yeah, so. they'll they'll release release a new 3DS and not give you a fucking charger. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's it for questions that I have. I think you've done a pretty good job about it, Jordan. Do you have any questions about it or? Um, you haven't had any, um, you know, any malfunctions or anything. No, and I, because you you shared like something weird going on, and some screens were just blinking out and some crazy shit. But I don't know. Yeah. To me, I'd want to see like bigger numbers, I guess, because it seems like every launch of hardware, you know, you can find some. There, you know, there's going to be a batch that just is fucking just. Yeah, disaster. I mean, this it's, is this is bigger simply because of the dock. You know, it's so that widespread. yeah, that piece is just ridiculous because it seems like that happens to every dock they ship. The thing too is if Nintendo Smart. All of these are correctable problems that they can fix for a bit. Like, I think fall and, like, the holiday is going to be huge for them with Mario. I think that's going to be great. And what they need to do is they need to focus on fixing all of these issues. So when that happens, we don't have to hear about any of that stuff. And they are fixable issues. You know, they've shown right, yeah. they've shown that they're working on the dock thing. Uh, the stance on the pixels thing is kind of bullshit. But maybe they change their mind or maybe they understand, you know, Nintendo might not know how important that is because it's Nintendo. So um, hopefully they fix these things. And... Uh, I really hope they do because I really want to get one this fall and, and holiday and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm so the yeah I'm, the, I'm trying to buy one pretty soon, but I am I am a little bit skeptical to be honest. The the last thing I got to point out, and probably the coolest thing outside of you know the obvious portability of it is the what's the word the just how many different ways it works and how seamless it all versatility? is. Versatility? So versatility. Versatility. That I don't know why I can't think of that <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's extremely versatile. So obviously you can put it in and out of the dock. You're playing on the TV. Um, you're playing handheld with the Joy-Cons attached. Uh, you know, maybe you're on the couch, you're uncomfortable, and I did this once. Then you just slide the Joy-Cons off, you know, set it up. I mean, set the tablet on your lap and play, like, with the Joy-Cons separated or in the grip. Um, it, Do you have the Pro Controller? No, um... You didn't have an extra thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. But point being, you know, you slide the Joy Cons off, and literally, you it prompts you to you know press each trigger at the same time, just to make sure you're you know it's the same controllers, Synced I guess. Up. And then and then it syncs it right back, and you're you're right back into it. Like it's super seamless when you're switching controllers and configurations, and it just all like 
you know you're not you don't have to exit the game or and it doesn't take five minutes to sync your dual shock and you got to plug it back in and now you're in rest mode and all this fucking nonsense it just it's hey, super be seamless with all that when you put on the uh wrist strap that slides onto the individual joy cons be very very careful because you could do it really easy backwards and it doesn't even make sense how easy it is but it gets stuck so and then one last thing actually i promise is the last (laughs) um so back to the versatility of it one thing i didn't expect to be as nice as it was so when i did test it on the tv um using each uh joy con independently as a controller kind of like a wii wii remote and nunchuck super nice like that's surprisingly good um do you have big hands just kind of being uh probably not i mean if you had bigger hands it's probably not going to work as well yeah uh, because the buttons are small and they're it's kind of cramped but just in general like being able to put your arms kind of wherever you want uh and still be able to play and that was nice i was surprised (laughs) like that Um, one scene in the in the presentation where he sat on the couch and laid down Mm -hmm. you remember that yeah yeah (laughs) there really is there really is something to it i don't know um it takes a quick adjustment because i'm so you're so used to having two hands on it right um and then last piece uh having them in the joy con grip uh that's actually pretty good it feels like a rail controller there's there's not really any uh sacrifices made there that that would work fine if that's what you wanted to do too now dom clearly the most important question i'm about to ask here do your hands ever get cold with all those ice cubes inside the (laughs) joy-con controllers yeah but then you just shake it and then you count how many are in there Um, yeah and you can feel the individual cubes exactly one of the coolest developments with uh, Nintendo Switch recently was their Nintendo Direct, their Nindies Direct, where they talked about indie games coming to the Nintendo Switch, which is awesome. Um, and speaking of smaller games, uh, you actually want to do a spotlight this week, Jordan, on uh, Read Only Memories 2064, right? Oh my god, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I just heard the scariest sound around me, and there's nobody else in my house right now. I was like, what the fuck is that? And it's the neighbor's dog squeaking on a toy. I was like, <laughs> Jesus, it was terrifying. It was like, <laughs> oh, crisis averted. And I'm like, who is in my house? Um, yeah. So what game did you want um, to so share yeah, with us? After your, after your silky smooth transition that I just blew over like a train wreck. Um, yeah, so our indie spotlight for this month is going to be 2064 Read Only Memories which is, as I've described before, a uh, cyberpunk adventure game where you're, um, you know, making dialogue choices and solving puzzles and picking up items and such. Um, And, of course, I've talked uh, recently about how much I've gotten into the cyberpunk genre or the subgenre that it is of uh, science fiction and um, how I'm hoping to see more games come along with that... um, style um, especially now that Deus Ex is clearly not going to happen since it, they uh, we were talking about Jason Schreier uh, mentioning that they had canceled, canceled the sequel at Eidos Montreal um, so yeah basically uh, 2064 you um, you know a lot of people complain about adventure games not understanding how to solve issues or um, get past checkpoints because it doesn't make any sense the things that they want you to combine the items that they want you to use but i really like how simple this game is you know if you need uh um you know if you're trying to get into uh this bar and the the bouncer stopping you well then you reach into your backpack and you grab your id card like the stuff usually makes sense the tasks that you're trying to uh carry out so um, I really enjoy that part of it, that it's smooth and it doesn't ever feel like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? I haven't even had to look up any walkthroughs, so there's that. Um, the soundtrack is absolutely incredible. Um, I was going to ask about that because it looks like a game with a good soundtrack. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. It's got a really great... Uh, basically, I've been getting into this uh, subgenre of music recently called Vaporwave which is uh, really synth-heavy and really uh, very electronic music um, that is very cyberpunk. It's, like, used in cyberpunk, um, you know, anytime you see cyberpunk uh, videos or anything like that. So Let me stop um, you. Have you ever seen the movie Grandma's Boy? I love that movie. I haven't. I love that movie. 
<laughs> okay, well, Jared, here's what I just heard. By the way, he described that music. Um, you know the the character with the uh, the tall guy who's the you know the the famous developer. You know the real smart guy when he's just in his own room and the music that's playing while he's coding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I yeah. just heard when Jordan described. It's basically that. like vaporwave music is like the music uh, from the movie Drive. Um, have you guys seen Drive? Yeah, so stuff like that, uh, really synth-heavy vaporwave music. I've been listening a bunch to the uh, Read Only Memory soundtrack on YouTube, um, but I'm only playing, like, the first bit that I've gotten to in the game. Like, I'm not not even spoiling myself on the music tracks because I love them that much. Um, So, yeah, it's got a great vaporwave soundtrack. Um, The visual aesthetic is really cool. It's kind of got a... 16-bit SNES vibe to it. It's got um, lots of pretty colors because, like I said, it is cyberpunk, and so there's plenty of neon and that type of stuff. Um, it definitely feels like a uh, like a retro cyberpunk. Like it feels like it feels like the game was made in 1995, and the future that they're envisioning feels like a future that would have been envisioned in the 90s. You know. Um, with the robots and the technology that you're seeing but that's still cool it's still cool to see like a retro future tech um so yeah um and then you know sometimes uh with this indie spotlight i kind of like to talk about the indie developer behind it but really the only thing i know about the these guys is that they didn't want people buying this game if they were trump supporters which i couldn't care less about um I think is just is just a whatever kind of statement they can make that statement if they want to but I think there's probably plenty of Trump supporters enjoying their game that don't even fucking know that they tweeted that shit out so it's like kind of stupid but it got them an article uh, written about them on most right pretty much pretty fucking much and it's getting me to talk about it now but yeah Um, I'm still planning you know it's not like they said fuck all people who ever supported trump ever you know um so i have a question for you i'm sure i'll still buy their next game or whatever um so i i obviously i'm not too familiar with the game outside of the trump tweet um but i'm looking at it and these four like main characters uh that they feature in a lot of their visuals they look like Mm. really interesting characters just from the aesthetic look are they that interesting in the game yeah um, they are, yeah. The optional dialogue that you get to go through, I was finding myself, you know, clicking on all the options, even though you didn't have to, um, just so I can find out um, about these different characters. And, and that's a great point. You know, I was talking about the aesthetic, and it does have a great aesthetic, but one of the parts of the aesthetic is um, the aesthetic, the aesthetic, <laughs> is uh, the character design. And the character design is really top-notch, um, as you're pointing out there. And I think um, one, one of the first characters that you meet is called uh, Turing, who is a little robot boy. And uh, which is, yeah, Turing is a reference to the Turing test, which, you know, is, uh, uh, has to do with artificial intelligence, which obviously a lot of cyberpunk is uh, involved in talking about cyber... Or, artificial intelligence so um that was a great little nod and so yeah the characters even him you know he's a he's a little robot but he's so cute and funny that you want to keep talking to him and and finding out about him so yeah um really enjoying this game so far i fucking love the soundtrack um oh also i forgot to mention that uh the opening starts up and then there's uh you know text on the screen and this narrator starts talking and it's Dave Noy, the voice of Dave Noy. That's so, uh, that gives me a I cool I really want to play this now. I love Dave Noy. Yeah, cool little shout out right there. Yeah. You know, so this is awesome. It sounds like a great game. It's, it might be a game that I pick up in a lull throughout this year if there ever is any of those. Yeah. Um, well, and it's it was only twenty bucks from the start, so I was like, hell yeah, dude, I'm down. Is and if nothing else, I'm gonna listen to some vaporware. Yeah, some vaporwave. Vaporwave. <laughs> vaporware is. I like wear. Better. That's like vaporware. Do you know what vaporware is? That is. Uh, Sounds like a company that that's makes vape a pens. Video game. No vaporware. Well, that's funny. That that would actually make sense. But no vaporware is like video games that get talked about but never come out. Um, and they're not oh. like, canceled games. Um, yes. Well, I guess canceled games would technically be be under vaporware but like uh half-life 3 is vaporware you know 
or Half Life Half Life Two Episode Three is also vaporware because that was supposed to come out. So yeah, but vaporwave music is also cool if you guys want to check that out. Uh, Home is a great artist. I just started listening to him, um, so that that's a good way to uh, kind of get into that subgenre. Home, H O M E. When I do get around to this game, I'm probably going to pick it up on PC. I hope it eventually comes to Xbox One just so I can get those achievements and stuff. But if not, this is definitely a game I'm putting on my Steam wish list. That way I know what to go to in times of, uh, uh, you know, uh, where we're lacking games to play, which I don't know is going to happen this year. Right. But, yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing I would that. say it'll be on – oh, yeah. Uh, I would say it'll be on Xbox by the end of the year. Awesome. Excited to hear that. Um, like with a lot of these indie devs – this, the way you're talking about this game and what I've seen from it gets me excited for their next project. I hope this does really well because uh, the evolution of studios is something really cool to see, especially when they make really solid games. Uh, Mike Bithel, uh, known for volume and stuff, said he's close friends with the developers of this game and that they do something special. And that's high praise coming from him because his games are so well made as well. So I'm excited to see yeah. what they have in store. Um, Midboss is that de- developer. Yeah. Midboss. Uh, which is a cool name too. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool logo. So that's it for our topics and news and everything for us. Uh, let's talk about what we're going to be playing. Uh, for me, it's pretty much just more Hollow Knight and Ghost Recon Wildlands. There's nothing coming out uh, in the next week or so that I'm interested in getting at release. Uh, I might end up picking up uh, uh, Night in the Woods. That's a game I wanted to get at release, but just didn't get around to getting. And the game looks really awesome. Looks really good. So, but my my main focus right now is Ghost Recon Wildlands. Also today we got the announcement of. Uh, the release date, the season premiere for Game of Thrones, which I'm excited for too. Has nothing to do with what I'm going to be playing. Ooh, but, what is it? Uh, July 16th. What? July 16th. July. Yeah. yeah. I think there was a well, there was a actor that came out last week from the show saying it was going to be July. So I already knew that was that month. Yeah. Uh, the teaser for it, uh, you just need to check it out. I don't want to ruin it for you. Just look up the Game of Thrones season seven teaser. Has no shots from the show. It's just this really cool CG cinematic thingy. I don't want to ruin it for you. Just check it out when we're done with the show. Um, yeah, so just Wildlands and Hollow Knight for me, pretty much. Well, I uh, didn't mention this at the beginning of the show because I was talking so much about Wildlands, but uh, last night, um, or no, I guess it was Tuesday night, uh, The Americans came back for season five, um, and that show is fucking awesome. It's, if you don't already know... I think I've talked about it before on the show, but it's about uh, KGB agents from Russia in the 80s that are embedded in the United States looking like a regular suburban family, um, but they're actual, uh, you know, undercover agents for the Russian government. So very cool show. Um, One of the best on TV by far. Um, And the premiere of season five was fucking crazy. Um, that ending was was something else. So I've been borderline on that one. Um, you know, I just haven't haven't taken the shot yet. Is that on Netflix or streaming anywhere at all? Um, it I'm might pretty be on Amazon, sure it is. I'm pretty sure it's on one of them. Um, but I can't. I'm pretty sure it's not Netflix. But I could have sworn that I was either on Hulu or Amazon. About I a think week it's ago Amazon Prime. Saw, yeah, I think I saw the Americans on a streaming service. So. Yeah, and then um, it's an FX show, so FX might just have it on their own stuff. But uh, yeah, definitely worth watching. I'd highly recommend it, especially if you like, um, you know, realistic drama and crime drama and stuff like that. And especially if you like espionage. I'm very into espionage, and so um, this is right up my alley. Um, I'm assuming more Wildlands. So, (laughs) so, (laughs) yeah. Um, So... I, of course, will be playing more Wildlands. Like I said, I'm loving that game. Uh, that's going to be tied me over real well till Mass Effect. Um, I'm going to be playing more Horizon. Um, and... I think... Um, is it next Friday that Iron Fist comes out on Netflix? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so I guess we'll have another show before then. <laughs> but I'm actually I'm actually hearing some pretty shitty stuff about that show, which sucks, because I wasn't a big fan of Luke Cage. So I was like, oh well, Iron Fist will you know do the trick for me then, because it was looking more Daredevilish, which I like. But uh, apparently that's not the case. So we'll see, we'll see with the old Iron Fist. 
Yeah, so I'm going to keep playing Zelda. Probably for... Well, you're not playing anything else on your Switch. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, probably not for the foreseeable April, future. Mario Kart comes out. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for that. I've never played Mario Kart 8 at all, so... Damn. I know, Fuck, I know it's a port. Dude, that's an awesome game you're missing yeah. out on. I know it's a port, and like, yeah, well, the Switch needs new games, but for me, it's like, oh, yeah, sweet. No, I couldn't be happier that they brought it over, right? Perfect for you, yeah. Um, get all that DLC and shit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm gonna get, try to get more time into Horizon Two. And on that note, Fuck, TV dude, shows. you already have the sequel. Oh my <laughs> god! Uh, I see what you did. Yeah. I see what you did. You, you got me. You got me. Horizon also. Anyway, on the note of TV shows, I watched about five or six episodes of uh, an Amazon exclusive, Sneaky Pete. Uh, it's uh, Brian Cranston and Giovanni Ribisi. If I'm saying that right, I don't know. The guy who's usually kind of a weirdo. Yeah. Anyway, Cranston, uh, anything he is in is pretty much just gold automatically by default. Um, I think he produces it also, but he's basically just a completely ruthless uh, mob boss, and it is just glorious to watch. Uh, so, yeah, just I just I had to point that out. Wait, Sneaky Cran- Pete. Brian Cranston's the mob boss, or the other guy is? Brian Cranston. Okay. And then Giovanni Ribisi is like, scared of his life i'm not gonna go into it it's just sneaky pete so uh, you getting the recommendation from dom yeah oh yeah um getting dom stamp already before we close out i just wanted to say real quick another bit of news that came out before we started recording it's on video game news they finally cast domino in deadpool 2 it's going to be uh you and i are probably familiar with her jordan i don't know if you watched uh atlanta dom uh, Van, Ern's girlfriend, uh, Donald Glover's girlfriend, is going to be Domino in Deadpool 2. Motherfucker. Yeah. Was that That's breaking awesome. news? Yeah. Was that, like, fresh? Like, Yeah, it came, well, it happened, like, right before we started recording, so it's, like, an hour fresh, but, yeah, she's a great actress. I like her, so it's awesome. Um, yeah, she was great. She's, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's it for episode 50. Thank you guys for listening for this long. Uh, we'll catch you guys in episode 51 with more video game news topics and all that good stuff. Follow us at CTRLINT. You can follow us individually. I'm at Jared underscore Dom is at Dom's Oreos and Jordan is at Mellow Modus. Go to controlledinterest.com for all of our latest content and everything we're doing to keep updated with all that stuff. Uh, we'll have a Ghost Recon Wildlands review by me out in the next week or so. And uh, we actually have uh, one of our friends of the show, the other Jordan, uh, working on a review for Spectre Night. We got a review code from Yacht Club Games, so he's gonna be he's been playing through that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Any closing words, guys? Team Rocket's blasting off again! Oh, God. Time to switch. Bye.